The fitness and healthcare industries like to throw around the words abs and core all the time. Well, today we're talking about what that really means. Here we go. Hi, I'm Jessica Vallant, a physical therapist and Pilates teacher, and I want to bring science-based knowledge, empathy, courage, support, love, and hopefully some fun to the journeys we have with our bodies. There is hope and strength in your body, and my goal is to help you find it. Hi, and welcome back to Meet Your Body. I am sitting here on a rainy morning in Denver. We've had so much rain, which is just not like us here. Usually, this is the beginning of June. Usually, we're just into sun and summer, and it has been rainy here. And the kids are home because it is summer break, and they are home with us all summer. My husband and I just tag team and do work when we can. So I expected to be recording this podcast, I honestly don't know, sometime today when I got a little bit of quiet, but everybody was up early at an early Zoom client, and my husband took the kiddos out to breakfast. So I am sitting here with my coffee, um, able to talk to you. So I'm so excited about that. And this is an episode, it makes me laugh. So when I started the podcast, my husband actually was like, do you have that much you can talk about? for that many episodes and throughout the episodes. And I said, yeah, I do. And this is one episode that definitely falls into that category because I have a lot to say about the topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is your abs and your core. And I know on the surface, it seems like in kind of a funny topic, maybe to have an entire podcast about, but I have so many thoughts around this topic after being in the industry for as long as I have and seeing all the trends and seeing so many clients affected by these trends when we talk about the abs and the core, I thought we should definitely have an episode today where we set the record straight. So we are going to talk about the facts, meaning anatomy, like what does it even mean when we talk about your abs and your core? So we're going to talk about the facts. We're going to talk about misunderstandings surrounding those areas. And then we'll end with just some really practical tips on how to work those areas, why they're important, and how to stay really positive and encouraged when it comes to those parts of our body. So let's get started. So I am guessing over the past 20 years or so, you have heard those words core and abs more and more and more because they have become very trendy and they are spoken about in all aspects. I hear surgeons talk to their patients about it. I see it on social media. I see it on magazines. I see it all over the place. I have clients come to me, even just this morning, my Zoom client said, you know, I had back surgery and I was just told I had to work my core. The problem is we don't actually really fully understand typically what that means. We're not told by the surgeons or by marketing or anyone what that means. We just have this visual, which is, oh, I need a flat belly. Oh, I need a six pack. That's what we kind of think in our head when we hear those words, core, abs, all of those kind of things. We just think, oh, I need to look this certain way. And that is the disservice that those injury industries have done to us is by making us think that this idea of core and abs is aesthetic and that it's going to take a hundred thousand crunches to get there. And this is why I want to talk about this subject so much because 
your abdominal muscles, your core, they are important. They're an important piece of us functioning and having full strength and balance in our bodies. But it's not even scratching the surface to tell someone, oh, just do crunches. That's not even a true part of what core strength means to me. So I want to use today to really set the record straight to empower you so that you can start to take more control and understanding over your own body, over what true core strength means and how to make it happen for yourself. So let's jump into some common misunderstandings about the core and the abs. So I would say the first misunderstanding in general is that your core and your ab muscles are the same thing, and they are not, all right? So that's the first thing to understand. They are actually not the same thing. Let's talk about your abdominal muscles first. Your abdominal muscles are just that. They are certain muscles that make up your abs, okay? So you have four different basic abdominal muscle categories. You have your rectus abdominis. It sits on the front of your body. That's what people think of as the six-pack, which I am putting in air quotes here. I wish you could see me put so many things in air quotes today. (laughs) But when you think of the six-pack in air quotes, um, that's your rectus abdominis, all right? It runs down the front. It causes you to do a crunch or to do that spinal flexion movement. Then you have your obliques. You have internal obliques and external obliques. So they are kind of around the front to the sides and they actually attach into your back. You have two different layers, internals, externals, and they act more in that twisting motion. So they can act together or they can act unilaterally on one side, but they're going to cause a side bend or a twist. Okay. And again, it's typically kind of a forward twisting motion. I wish you could see me right now. I'm doing all of these (laughs) motions as I tell you what they are. Then you have your transversus abdominis. This is what people kind of consider as the low abs, but truly they act a a little bit differently. So if you're doing a low ab crunch, if you've ever seen that, or kind of a low ab lift, you're actually working the lower part of your rectus abdominis. Your transversus abdominis is a very deep abdominal muscle that sits like a belt all the way around the front to the back. It's an anticipatory muscle, meaning it acts and will contract itself automatically when you think about moving something. It acts more as a stabilizing muscle, okay? We use it in PT a lot, but those are the four main categories of abdominal muscles. But now let's talk about the core and what that actually is. So your core is your entire center. Think of it like a box, okay? The front of the box tends to be those abdominal muscles we just talked about, but that is just one small part of this box, this core, okay, is your ab muscles in the front. Then you have the back of the box, which is going to be your back muscles, Then we have the top of the box, which is your diaphragm. So breathing tends to be really important. What's your diaphragm doing? What are your ribs doing? That's the top of the box. Bottom of the box is the pelvic floor, which we all have one. How is your pelvic floor acting? What is it doing? Is it acting the way it should as a shock absorber? Is it distributing those forces correctly? 
And then we have the hips. Very important part of the core actually are your hip muscles because those hip muscles will attach to your femur, but also back to your pelvis. And I consider the hips kind of the base of that entire box, like it's holding the whole thing up. And then what is inside the box? Your organs. Everything inside of your torso is inside that box, and we cannot discount it when it comes to talking about the core. Okay, so you've got all those organs inside. So your core is actually all of those things. And then how are they acting together? Like I mentioned, are they distributing forces as they should? When you move one arm, does your lower body, do your legs know what to do to balance yourself in order to do that? Are you breathing correctly? Is your thoracic spine moving as it should to take pressure off of your pelvic floor? Are you able to shift your weight from your left leg to your right leg when you walk or when you're trying to balance or when you're stepping off a curb? When you're lifting a grocery bag, are you like me in this way? Like you're trying to get every bag out of your trunk because you refuse to make two trips. So you have three bags on one arm. You've got your backpack on the other. You're holding the hand of a toddler in one and then you're balancing something else. That's all core strength. Okay. That's what your core does. So when we talk about abdominal work and core work, we really can't use them interchangeably. It is two different things and they work in different ways. Yes, they'll work together, but truly the important piece of all of this is that core and how is it working to help you again, stay balanced and stay functional. So that's the first thing I want you to understand is they are not interchangeable. They really tend to be different things, abdominal work and then core work. Abdominal work can be a part of core work, but they really are two different things. Now, why is that important to understand? It's because I want you to know that your abs, when we talk about your rectus abdominis, okay, that's the thing everybody thinks that they want to tone. I'm putting that in air quotes too, you guys. So many things in air quotes today. That's the thing everybody thinks they want to tone because that's what they see on the front of the magazines. That's that six pack. That's that sculpted look. Okay, that's your rectus abdominis. The problem is, I will tell you this from an anatomy perspective, that muscle, your rectus abdominis, does very, very, very little, if anything, to help stabilize or support your spine or contribute to back health. I have hardly ever, I've been working for 23 years, and I can probably count on one hand the amount of people I have given true crunches to as a homework in physical therapy. Because when it comes to your back health or rehab or recovery or keeping your back healthy and strong and balanced and all those things, it's about your core. It's about how how are all of those things working together to keep you functional. And like I said, your abs can definitely be a part of it. So don't turn this off. If you love to do crunches, that's great. But my problem is when marketing and doctors, and you guys, I've seen surgeons say it to people after back surgery. I've heard them say, just do 100 crunches a day and that's all you need. And that is the misunderstanding we have got to get rid of. We have got to eliminate that because just doing crunches isn't doing much at all to help your back 
strength, okay? So that's what I want you to take away from this. One, if you love to do them and you love those, I I just put out a workout myself this week, 10-minute advanced abs, and it's a ton of crunches, and even Pilates has so many crunches in it. There's nothing wrong with that. They are fun. They can add a lot to your like your endurance and kind of your response time and exercise. They can spice things up. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The problem comes is when we are told that's the most important thing for back and core health, and that is not true. They're not interchangeable. Okay, so that's the importance of understanding that difference. If crunches are not accessible to you, which they aren't to me very much with my surgeries and my issues, if they aren't accessible to you, that is okay because there's a hundred other things I would actually rather you do for your back health and your core health anyway. So think of that crunch or that kind of rectus abdominis work as a fun added bonus, but not a necessity when it comes to your core health and your core strength and your back health. Another misunderstanding that I really want to touch on, this this is really important, is again, this comes from marketers doing a really great job over the past 20 and 30 years. That is all of us being able to picture those women on the front of the magazines and the men on the front of the magazines where they have you know, either a sports bra on or just shorts on, and they're kind of pulling the shorts down a little bit to show off their unbelievably toned and sculpted six or eight pack abs. We have all seen it and I still see it all the time. I just saw it yesterday on Instagram. The problem with that is it is not possible for all of us. And also doing crunches isn't the only thing that leads to that. All right. Every marketing tactic out there will tell you that, but I want to be truthful here and I want you to take that pressure off of yourself. We all can't get that just by doing ab work. There are so many other factors that come into play with whether you will have that aesthetic in your body. And some of it is genes. A huge, huge part of it is actually your genes. Okay, we can't change that. So genes can be a big part of that. Our age have a, has a big part to do with that. Our age, our past health history, abdominal surgeries, such as C-sections or laparoscopies, pregnancies, stress, hormones, perimenopause, menopause, all of those factors will contribute to that aesthetic. Okay. Also, in combination with that, please know that you can have a strong core and not necessarily have a defined belly or a flat low abs, right? Or a flat low belly. I'm saying that in air quotes too, by the way. Please know that. (laughs) Um, You can have a really, really, really strong core without having that aesthetic. So it is time that we all let go of that idea of perfection or that idea of perfect aesthetic, okay? Let it go because one, it's not necessarily worth the time and the trouble to get there because not all of us can. And it, again, it doesn't mean, it's not like the end goal for all of us that means you have a strong core. Not everyone with a flat low belly has a strong core and not everyone with a strong core has a flat low belly. Okay. There's a lot of things that play into that. So that's something I want you to come away with today. Let go of that idea of 
what is perfection or what should be the ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal should be a strong, functional core. And I just want to add a little personal note to this, okay? I know this myself from experience and I hear it from so many people all the time. And I know sometimes we can't help it, but we look back and say, ah, but I used to look like that. But I used to have that. But that used to be the case. And so we think we should be able to get back to it. And I think finally, like I've always said the right words to people, but somehow I haven't always held the same standard for myself. Maybe you can relate a little bit that I think, oh, if I just work harder, if I just work harder or find that magic thing, that one piece of the puzzle that I'm missing, then I'll get back to that, whatever it is. And in this case, we'll say flat, low belly. It is for me, again, I'm going to say personally, I will not get back to that ever again. And I'm accepting that now. When after my two babies, I don't think I really got back to it, but maybe like maybe a little bit if I look back at pictures. But then three abdominal surgeries. Now into perimenopause, I'm 45 years old. Like there are days that maybe it's a little flatter than others. And there are days I wake up and it is bloated as can be. And I am so over using that as a guide for how healthy I am. I am so over it. I'm so over the comparison that I make to my self when I was 23 years old. It makes no sense. I'm 45. The life experience I've I've had, we are meant to change. We are absolutely meant to change as people and as bodies. Our bodies change as we age. So I'll just say this from personal experience. It's not a fun place to live to think, oh, I need to get back to that because it's not realistic. And I know I'm stronger now than I ever was back then. So using that one small thing as a guide, again, makes no sense whatsoever. I wouldn't say it to another person, so I'm done saying it to myself. And you should be done saying it to yourself as well. The final misunderstanding I want to touch on is this idea that it is an even playing field. And what I mean by that is, again, those marketing tactics, everything we see, we think it applies to all of us, right? We look at someone else and say, well, they did it. Well, I should be able to do it too. Or we look around in a class that we're taking and other people can do these moves. So we think, well, I have to be able to do those too. I can say, again, from experience, all I can tell you is my personal experience, I cannot do intense crunches for too long a period. And I will even give you an example of that workout that I taught this week. So I taught a new 10-minute advanced ab workout. It was fun. I really liked to do it. It pushes me. And the next day, my endometriosis was so flared up. And I even knew it was probably coming, but I did it anyway because I can physically. I can push myself and make myself do it. And then my endo flared the next day. My endo, I just have to accept, and and most of the time I do, that it limits me in certain movements like crunches, like just compressing my organs in that way and making my abs work. I have enough scar tissue that it does flare me up a little bit. You may or may not be the same, whether it's endo or again, whether it's a C-section or a hernia repair or an active hernia you're trying to manage, whatever it is, that is something about your body to respect, okay? We do those these things. We move through life as a partner with our bodies, 
Okay, so just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean you can or that you should. And I say that actually as an encouragement so that maybe you can finally let go of that pressure that you have to do crunches or you have to be able to do a plank. I think planks are another one I know that just aren't accessible to everyone. And I'm here to tell you there are a thousand different things we can work, we can do to work your core. As a PT and as a Pilates teacher, I will always help people find another way because again, I want you to be empowered and encouraged through it. So I say this just so that you remember, just because a program or a workout you see on Instagram works for someone else, it might not work for you and don't let that discourage you, okay? Let that be kind of a freeing thing where you say, you know what, I can't do that, but I can do this and this and this instead. And that's what we're going to talk about next. So we are going to talk about nine different things that you can do to work your core. Okay. So these are things you can start to incorporate or different ways to think about working your core and those abdominal muscles. So the first thing is, yes, Working those abs, doing the crunches, doing the bicycles, doing the twists, doing even that traditional Pilates work because a lot of the traditional Pilates mat work includes that crunch position. You absolutely can do that. So I do want to say that right off the bat because there is nothing wrong with them. Okay, I'm going to point that out again. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it and there can be some benefit to doing it absolutely, but I just want to make sure that you kind of think of it as an added piece to your core work. It's one part of the puzzle. It's definitely not the only thing that you should be doing. And the flip side of that is if they aren't accessible to you, let it go and move on to number two. But you can definitely work those abdominal muscles, work your obliques, work your rectus as a part of a great abdominal and core program. Now we're going to talk about the eight other things that we should be including in addition to that or instead of that if that's not accessible to us. First thing, balance exercises, okay? And whatever way that works and looks like to you. So standing balance, balance on all fours, all different ways to work your balance. That's a really, really important piece of your core, actually. Again, when you kind of look back and think of what I talked about at the beginning, how all those signals kind of move through our center. Like when you go to balance on one leg, it's so much more than just being able to stand on one leg. (laughs) It's how all of those muscles and tendons and receptors, they move up through our core and then they work with the hip muscles. And then believe it or not, they're going to work with the muscles on the opposite side. Your opposite obliques come into play now and even all the way up the system. And if you're holding a bag in one arm while you're trying to balance on the other leg, then you've got the arm involved. So balance is a really big piece actually of working your core. So adding balance exercises into your day is a really helpful thing to do. The next is unilateral exercises. This is one of my absolute favorite ways to work the core. And this is how I add it into many of my clients' programs. By unilateral work, I mean doing things on one leg or with one arm. So a simple example is if you're doing bicep curls standing, with both arms. Instead, do it with one arm and see what happens. That's a really kind of simplified way to do it is just do bicep curls on one arm and then switch to the other arm. 
When you do, let's say, a bicep curl or a shoulder press with just one arm, your entire core, your opposite obliques especially, have to really work to keep you balanced, to keep you centered, to keep you from leaning over. Same thing if you're working just one leg. So one of my absolute favorite ways to start working the core is doing things unilaterally. So if you're used to doing arm work with both arms, switch it up one day and do one arm and then the other arm. So unilateral work is a great way to work the core. Another way I like to work the core is to get my clients on all fours. So in a quadruped position on all fours, you're going to automatically start to work your abs there. That is how I started working my abs after all of my surgeries. It was kind of the place that I started from. Sometimes you can just hold an all fours position. Sometimes you can do a spinal balance, like where you lift one arm and the opposite leg. Then I'll add some dumbbells to this position, but anything that I do, and when I teach my Pilates classes and my mat classes, I do a lot for people on all fours because it's such a functional position to work the core and we're doing a ton of different variations there. And then an extra benefit to working on all fours is that is what can lead to plank work. So yes, I do think planks can be really functional. I think they can be a great way to work the core. If they're not accessible to you, start on all fours because it's kind of that precursor to a plank position. All right, my next recommendation for working the core is lifting weights. You guys know I will talk about it all day. I've talked about it before. We all need to be lifting weights a couple times a week, and it is a great way to get core work in, especially, like I said, if you're kind of doing some unilateral work sometimes, or if you're doing a, we should always be doing pushing motions, pulling motions. That means like rows, pushing, chest press, all of that is going to help work your core. Because think about your core as having to balance forces. You're trying to really keep yourself in that symmetrical place so you're not falling over when you lift the weight. So if you're doing it on one side, it makes it harder. It's going to make your core work more. But anything that you are doing when you're lifting weights is going to work your core. And it's going to be more core work if you are standing. So When I have someone that I'm helping to rehab or talking through starting from a kind of more of a baseline place, we might do things sitting or with machines because they are guiding you more. It's actually less core work because it's guiding the position and especially if you're sitting on a bench or something, it's supporting you. So then you would go maybe to a sitting position without any support. Then you go up to a standing position. That's how you actually get more core work. So If you need to, you can start sitting or with machines or, you know, with some support. And then for more core work, you would move up to a standing position with those weights. Another thing that you can work that can help contribute to your core strength is your hip mobility. The tighter your hips are, the more that's actually going to contribute to your core. All those muscles we talked about, pelvic floor into transversus everything, your back muscles, if your hips are really tight, it actually is going to limit those muscles abilities to work correctly and distribute forces the way they should. So hip mobility is a really important piece to your core strength. And then partner with that is thoracic mobility. Your thoracic spine is your mid spine. The tighter that is, the more downward pressure you have into your diaphragm, into your organs, onto your pelvic floor. Again, it's going to limit 
your body's ability to work correctly through that whole entire core and kind of center system. So hip mobility work and then also thoracic mobility work are two really important things to help keep your core strong and working the way it should. And then number eight I just touched on is your pelvic floor. So just kind of making sure that that's working the way it should, making sure it's healthy. If you don't have any pelvic floor problems or dysfunction, it's probably not something you need to think about front of brain necessarily. But for those of us with pelvic floor dysfunction, if you have any kind of incontinence or leaking or pain or prolapse, if you are uh, recently gave birth, had a hysterectomy, any of those things, make sure that you are doing a little bit of work with your pelvic floor because pelvic floor dysfunction itself will definitely contribute to you having problems with that core working the way it should as well. So it's just something to keep in mind that you want to make sure you're keeping your pelvic floor healthy, strong, and working the way it should. And then my final recommendation on ways to work your core might not surprise you. It's Pilates. (laughs) Pilates is a great way, and I do have a lot of things to say about this simply because, again, Pilates is kind of known now, and I don't know if it's the marketing world. Joseph Pilates definitely never marketed Pilates this this way, but for whatever reason, Pilates is kind of known as a way to work your abs. Oh, you want to get strong abs? Do Pilates. You want a strong core? Do Pilates. Yes, but there's more to it than that. Pilates as a system, if you are doing it regularly, incorporating it regularly, or working with a good teacher, if you're doing Pilates regularly, it is working your body in such a way that it helps create space, especially in that core area. That's how I think about Pilates. It is helping me with my posture. It's helping me with my thoracic mobility. It's helping me stay strong through my entire system, back body and front of body. So it's balancing everything, creating that space, taking pressure off my pelvic floor, which then does contribute to a stronger core. So it's kind of going back to that idea of don't just do the crunches, don't just do that part of Pilates. If you're using Pilates as an entire system and a regular part of your workout, then absolutely it can help contribute to that idea of having a stronger core in general. So I told you I had a lot to say about the core and the abs. We've talked for 30 minutes about them, but I really hope that that helped explain why they're important, explain the difference, and as always, give you some power back over your body and the choices that you can make that are best for you. I'm going to link some of my favorite core workouts below. So there'll be some gentle, there'll be some balance workouts, some things that you can do below. I also have a healthy back calendar in my unlimited program. So if you're a member or sign up if you want to be a member, but it's a four week workout program using various videos that I have to help have a healthy or strong back, and that can show you many different workouts to contribute to that. And then also make sure that you're on my email list because we are going to be having a core challenge within Unlimited in the fall. And what I mean by that is we're going to take a month to really focus on what core strength is, and what workouts we can use consistently to help build that core strength. 
So if you're on my email list, you'll hear all the details and I'll have that link below as well. As always, thank you so much for being here. Here is hoping all of us start to feel stronger and more empowered in our own bodies. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today on Meet Your Body. If you have a moment, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast as it helps us tremendously. For more resources and workouts, you can visit my website, jessicavalantpilates.com, or find me on YouTube or Instagram at jessicavalantpilates.com.